So you were sitting. I was standing side stage with some of the Jack Daniels family. You yeah. were sitting front row during the award ceremony in the big tent. We're talking about smoke in the hollow. Uh, we're talking about the 2022 Jack Invitational World Championship Barbecue that was held not even a month ago. Let me think. November, October 15th. So about three weeks ago, we're going on. You were you were on the podcast. We talked about you traveling out there, what your vision was. And you, I'm going to get into the brisket. We're going to get into the brisket. But you're sitting in front row. Um, you're filming, right? Did you have an iPhone or a GoPro or a, a camera setup going on to where you wanted this to... Are you going to scrapbook with this? Are you going to make a video of your own with it? What What was your your intent of, because I hadn't seen that before. Like there wasn't a whole bunch of competitors that had their own little media station set up. Yeah, sure. So actually last year, Jack brought me on board to be the media person, to actually live stream the event for all of those folks who are back home wanting to watch the awards. So even though they didn't hire me to do that this past year, I've actually been live streaming it for like four or five years from different vantage points. Last year I was in the front row and this year I said, you know what? There's no reason I can't do that again. So I just threw out my tripod and my um, camera there. And yeah, I did a live stream on Facebook and lots of people watching from, from afar. And your sister's there. Uh, you have a lot of family there. Your husband's there. Your in-laws are there. Your parents were there. Yeah, your parents are there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they sure were. A lot of support. You get called early. Did you get called early for for uh, des- uh, d- no? Don't tell me what it was. I my memory's <laughs> not good right now, Christy. But was it dessert or was it sauce? Nope, neither of the above. Okay, it was I suck. a cocktail. It was cocktail. a cocktail cocktail what jack daniels cocktail did you do oh i like talking about this on a friday get me fired up absolutely yeah so um this was the first time they did the shaken and stirred contest um there were eight teams who cooked it well or made cocktails we were bartenders basically for et and for lexi the assistant master distiller um and then for another guy with brown foreman they were the judges and it was a little bit different we actually had to mix the cocktails in front of them tell the story of our cocktail and present it to them for them to taste and um, Kita was my head bartender and I, and we whipped up a, what we called a smoked Lynchburg old fashioned. And it's basically an old fashioned, but what we did to it is we tied in the whole Jack Daniels story. So for those people who know Jack Daniels is not a bourbon, it's a whiskey because it's mellowed through that maple sugar ash or excuse me, maple sugar charcoal. And so we use that with our smoke and then it's aged in those oak barrels. So we also use some oak barrels in our smoke. So we had this little box that the old fashioned was, basically we made the old fashioned and then we um, created the smoke with those two flavor profiles, put the glass inside the box and it really infused all that smoke. So um, it also had some maple sage, um, simple syrup in it because it's kind of fall, wanted to be a little bit festive, some walnut bitters and a cherry on top. God, I'm really kind of mission to find the best old fashioned. And I was in Vegas last week. Um, there's a, re- a hotel on the strip called the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bar in the lobby of the Renaissance, which is kind of across the street from Caesars Palace. I was staying at Caesars. One of my buddies that work, that works in the automotive industry, I was down there for the SEMA show. He said, you got to come to this bar, man. These bartenders are awesome they make these old-fashioned and they box it and they light it they got the you know they do it all and they smoke it out and um this was the first bartender and i'm going on what you said about the bourbon and the charcoal and all that this was the first bartender in probably my last 10 being at a bar and talking old-fashioned 
that didn't look at me like I was crazy when I said I want a Jack Daniels old fashioned. They most bartenders look at you like, uh, let me make that call. Let me <laughs> let me give you what I would put in it kind of attitude. And I always have to be that guy that goes, no, I'm good. I want it with Jack Daniels. I'd love. I'm first off, I'm loyal to Jack Daniels, but second, I want everybody to know that. I, we wouldn't get fired or or talked down to by Jack Daniels if we had an old fashioned with a bourbon in it or something. Let's just make that clear, right? But there's something about Jack Daniels in an old fashioned that I absolutely love. I, am I am I telling the folks something that's not true, Christy? No, it's absolutely true, and I think it comes down to the way that it's that it's mellowed through that charcoal. I mean, I think that just adds that little essence to it. That especially if you're doing a smoked old fashioned, I mean, it just puts it over the top. And then I, you know, I like a little gentleman, gentleman or single barrel also, but usually I'll do that uh, straight on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Have you tried the new triple mash? I have a bottle. I have not opened it yet. I tried the bonded, which I'm a fan of, but I haven't tried the triple mash yet. You'll be a fan in a hurry. <laughs> but be careful because it's a hundred proof. Well, I got the Koi Hill while I was down in the oh, street, Yeah, you got to be real careful with that. <laughs> yeah. Like That's one, like one, 144 or something. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. But it's so good for the, for the high alcohol content that it has. It's so mellow. It's yeah. got the perfect amount of burn in it. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know, getting on the cocktail kick and seeing E.T. there. He was a judge. I was a judge. You saw... Yeah. I was a judge. Um, I got to go to the KCBS class. I did the entire deal. And when you talk about people that take this, you know what, serious, like, you know, when you see something that's like, well, it's a barbecue class certification, it's slated for three hours. We went three hours and 45 minutes. I'm like, they take this, like they would not miss a beat. They want you qualified. They want, and and what, what had happened, Christy was, and again, I'm not telling Christy anything that she doesn't know. She knows all this. I'm just reiterating all this. So we're all, all on the same page here that in these classes, while you're in the class learning like the, the ethics and the codes and, 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 and the mistakes that you can make and the do's and don'ts while you're up in the judge's chambers, um, there's, there's guys and girls out in the parking lot cooking because part of the class and certification and qualification is to actually taste food, the chicken, the ribs, the pulled pork and the brisket. So they start bringing the food in and what had happened was our instructor went a little long. So what happens naturally, it keeps cooking. I had seen the pit masters walking in and out, you know, kind of giving her like the heads up, it's ready. And, uh, I butchered them all. Like I said, you don't give anything less than a seven in the Jack, but I gave several fours and fives in the qualification course. And the instructor looked at me and she's like, Oh man, like why? And I said, here's why I don't, I pulled the brisket and it broke right in half. It didn't have any, it didn't have this on it. And she's like, okay, as long as you can give a good answer and you have your reasoning, then you can judge it like that. And then I got into the Jack the next day and there wasn't one, like we started with, is it chicken? Yes. Well, I know that there's other stuff, but chicken's the first of the main meats. Mm -hmm. yeah. By the way, that international thing that they did where they were, they picked the food. That was, we had some pretty cool ones there. Um, the chicken was like works of art. Like explain to the audience, please real quick, like how pretty the brisket's laid out nice, but brisket is not a real pretty meat to me, like aesthetically, like this chicken with the glaze on it, explain it. Like you're, when you're, when you're competing, like how meticulous are you being on that presentation part of it? Because the, 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 I want the listeners to understand first the grass or the, the vegetables underneath that there's only five that you can use. You're not going to mess that up when you're in the Jack. Okay. But then to put that in there 
and to not have puddling, to not have extra sauce, these pieces of chicken, I'm like, I don't know to eat it or if it's supposed to be touched. I don't know what to do with it. You know, it's like talk to the audience, Christy, please, about what you're thinking when you're down there with those last finishing touches. Are you nervous? Are you like second guessing yourself? Like, don't close the box, close the box and get it out of here. We're running out of time. Tell tell the audience how's that how that goes. Yeah, so really, it does come down to uniformity. So when we're doing our chicken, um, more so than any other meat, probably we're weighing each piece as we're trimming it out, but way before it's cooked, we want them to be as similar in size as possible, whether you're doing thighs or whether you're doing chicken legs, those are kind of the predominant ones that everybody's doing. And if you're doing thighs, they're, they're so manipulated, like we scrape the skin, we trim them all up, and they look like little pillows almost. But then when you hit that glaze on them, yes, it's really important because everybody eats with their eyes first. That's the first box that the judges are getting at the Jack when it comes to the big four meats. So you want them to just be like, wow. So immediately they are giving you those nines, which would be the perfect, the nines, the top score. So, but yes, as far as being really detailed, like most of us have a pair of tweezers. And if there's something out of place, we're picking off an, a little extra piece of garlic, if that's in the sauce, or we're using a Q-tip to wipe the edges of the box um, or push down some of the green leaf lettuce that we're using. Like it's definitely like you can't if you get an eight in appearance at the jack you're not you're not going to be top 10 no way no how you have to like that's a score that you can pretty much control you taste and tenderness you know there's nothing you can do about that after the fact it, it cooked how it cooked but appearance you've got to do your absolute best to get those straight nines from the judges and it's 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 told to you when you sit down by some of these judges that are experienced and have been there there's judges i sat by that there was one judge they introduced on stage that's been there since the first year. Wow, impressive. Um, and then there were several judges at my table that have been there in double-digit years, 18, 19 years. Great wow. people. Made a lot of good friends. I love that kind of event because I'm just like so envious a little bit of what's going on to get that to get that good piece of meat of when I'm tasting it, that chicken, like the bites of those chickens. I don't know if it was my favorite one thing that I wasn't impressed with at my table, uh, let me make sure that we finished up our last thought though on that up here. Oh, yeah. what they had taught me was be careful. You don't want to, if there's a little bit of sauce on the upside of the box, our table, the guy running the table, him and his wife, sweet people from Alabama, they're like, don't worry about that. That could have got done when we were carrying it from there to here, you know, like they're telling us that. And I did not see one thing wrong with one, any of this chicken. So you're dang right. Like every contestant is like, if you get less than a nine, you're out, right. you know, you're not getting top 10 in that, in that category. So the, the thing that I was least, um, I guess pumped up about that I was so fired up about was the money muscle in the pork section i didn't get one good bite of money muscle at my table oh that's unfortunate yeah so, and i was so excited about it what's that was it dry or too mushy or yeah a lot of them were too i think overcooked i don't know a lot of them were you know they were the medallion or the like the silver dollar 50 cent piece kind of size and i just wasn't blown away like it like i have been when i'm at a pit master's booth at walking around a barbecue and getting some behind the scenes. Like I had a bite of Tuffy's money muscle last year. And I was like, Oh man, like, Oh wow. Like the dude is all, and he's such a stud. Like yeah. now, now that I was there this year and I heard, I think you even stated something on the podcast part one or all well, you've been on before that, but the, the, the last one we did, did you, I think you said something about last year's Jack winner from 2021. Um, uh, Getting basted. Getting basted. 
like he's been on fire. Like he's freaking did Houston. He got Memphis in May. He placed at the Royal. Like he's been on fire, right? And then, bam, he 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 didn't get called many times. And I'm like, that showed me standing next to the legend of Tuffy Stone to win it three years in a row. It's almost impossible, right? Yeah, he's his skills are just yeah incredible. He's I mean that's why he that's why he's the professor, right? <laughs> like I was looking at him like how how giving he was of the winners and how excited he was for everybody. And he'd like jump over the railing and run into the, the middle aisle and hug them before they got to the stage to show his appreciation for, for that. But um, you, you got, I, I don't want to go into the obvious yet, but talk to me about, we, you know, we touched on it in the, in the first part, Christy, about, did did nerves set in? Were you just like, hey, another day in the office? Was it was it different than being in the California contest or the Vegas contest in Nevada? Did, did it did it give you the heebie-jeebies? Even though you've been on those grounds, even though you've been all around Barbecue Hill, and then you've judged the Jack, did you still did it still get you a little bit? Oh, definitely. I mean, as soon as we pulled into Lynchburg, it, it had that feeling I knew it was going to have, you know, like you just smell the distillery. You've got the, you know, autumn leaves, which we don't really have here down in Southern Las Vegas area. Um, there's just something about the whole environment atmosphere. And like, I just got butterflies as soon as we were there. Actually, before we parked, I think I jumped out of my truck like five times to hug different people. Like I was just so excited to just see people. And then, you know, we got set up a big, a big thunderstorm rolled through Wednesday night, um, which was awesome because then the rain after that was gone which was amazing because the jack always rains like friday and saturday and it was beautiful beautiful weather um but yeah from a cook standpoint i was i wasn't super nervous i was just more excited um i was happy that my whole family was there with me um just the whole jack family is so close and special to me also um so i really didn't have nerves until i think after my brisket and i was on to dessert because i did every single category and we turned in dessert with 42 seconds to spare like we were literally running it to the table so it was sloppy i didn't do well in it, but but it was still i got every everything turned in and I felt like I had an overall really good cook. I was really happy with everything. Um, I think my ribs were a little bit tight, which is why they didn't do so well, because um, I got a little bit lost in time with that one. Um, but everything else, um, I'm, I'm so glad I've done it once now. And now that I have done it once, I want to be back so bad. <laughs> so you, you say that your ribs were a little bit tight, but you think everything else was pretty well, went pretty well. Did you go get notes or anything like like, do you know how you did in chicken? Do you know how you did in pork? Uh, did you do, did, were you close to being in the top 10 on a, a couple of them? Not in chicken. I was 49th. And I think that's because, and there was 80 some odd teams. I think that's because of my white meat. So you have to turn in white meat with, with this. A lot of people do wings. I chose to do breasts, which was a little bit risky. Um, it's really hard to get a good juicy breast. I felt it was pretty juicy, but I think it could have been juicier. So I think that was my, I think that's what brought my points down in chicken. My thighs were as good as my thighs can be. I just won first place last weekend in thighs. So um, I, I think that was my thighs that, I mean, my breasts that brought that down. Ribs, like I said, I knew I was like 70 something. It was, it wasn't good. <laughs> um, and then pork, I think I was 20th. So it was oh, a, nice. Yeah, I was decent in that one. And I turned in both money muscle and some bacon, the pulled. I don't know how many, you know, did the mix with pulled on the table. I know fewer people are doing that, but personally, I really like having some of the pulled meat 
in my boxes. And then I was super happy with my brisket. We have to Wait turn a minute, in- don't talk about that yet. I know I won't talk about the results, but we, you have to turn in seven pieces. And I did decide to put burn ends in the box. So my box was so full that you couldn't even see the greens underneath. Like, I think I had like seven pieces of slices and seven pieces of, of uh burn ends. So uh, yeah, that was. So it. the rumor goes is that somebody to talk to you before the the results came out and you said you felt really good about your brisket. We talked last time on the podcast that that's your go-to, that's your confidence right now. Um, I'm sitting there watching you in the front row and now we get the brisket and you're not going to be pissed off if you don't get in the top 10, but what starts to go down is like, well, I want Christy to get called. Tommy Miller wants Christy to get called. All of us are sitting there going, all right, this Glenn's going, all right, Christy's got to get called. You know, like we're all friends from the Hill, right? Like, so take us through why you thought you nailed it. Was it just, was it the exact same one that you did in California? Have you got it down so uniform that this is it? I'm not going to try anything different at all just because I'm in the jack. Now I know climate plays a role in that. I know the heat plays a role and all the all all of that. But this brisket was consistent with the Christy Vanover brisket that you've been winning with, correct? Yes. And I have changed my brisket after judging the jack in 2021. The feedback that myself as a judge and the other judges had consistently was that it doesn't taste like barbecue brisket, that all the brisket we kept tasting tastes like roast beef. And that's because so many people, myself included, we do the Texas crutch. You know, we wrap it in foil or we put it in a foil half pan, cover it with foil with broth. And so it basically like braises. So it loses that smoke flavor. It loses the bark. It loses the authenticity authenticity that you think of with actual smoked barbecue brisket. So for the past, I would say six to nine months, I've been doing my normal technique, which is all of that, the braising and all of that, but I've been changing up a few things so that I could infuse more smoke flavor, get a thicker smoke ring, even though you're not supposed to judge on smoke ring. It just, it, you know, it shows that you're getting more smoke in there and then playing around to rebuild my bark. So I've been practicing that and doing really well locally on the circuit. And so I did that exact same thing at the Jack and it worked (laughs) the rest is history so you have how many brisket entries that are qualified to win first place in the 2022 jack 80 what i think there was 83 84 something along that 60 66 64 american teams 20 something international teams i had it written down i don't have it with me right now God, I was so, I was just, I was like prideful to be a judge. Like if I wish I could walk the the viewers and the listeners into the, into the studio, I got my ribbon, I got my KCBS instruction book, you know, I got all like, I'm proud that I'm qualified judge now. So I can't imagine how it feels to do what you just did. And I want to remind the audience of how long you've been doing this. Is this year four of actually, this is your five of of competing. Yes. What year is it to where people have been like, Dang, dang, Christy, like you got a, you got a pretty good knack for this barbecue, this slow cook, this grilling, this, like how long has it been since you've known that you've had a, a little bit of a knack for it? Um, I would say a couple years in, I was starting to get calls. And so I've been doing well within the first couple years of competing, but I didn't start getting consistent in all four meets in the top 10 until I would say just about, well, it's been a year now. It was a year ago that I won Indio and that's when everything started to change. And when I started to get GCs, so grand championship. So yeah, it's just, just, so four years in is when I really started to see 
that I was hitting the marks. So you're sitting there in the front row. You've, you've, you got a pretty good mark in the cocktails. You did pretty terrible in the ribs. You did very good in pork and tw top 20 is incredible. And then you did, you know, 49th is not bad for chicken. Uh, you kind of made, made a call of I'm going with breasts. I'm, I, and it, it, it might hurt me, but you still did it. Um, I don't know if I had any breasts in my, in my judge's table. I can't remember. I don't think I did a lot of wings. Um, this brisket that you present to the judges that you're going to compete with when you are starting this brisket, there's a fat cap. There's the piece of meat laying in front of you. Are you a hundred percent in charge of that piece of meat as the leader of that cook team? Or do you qualify somebody else of how much fat to take off of the cap? Um, do you do it all? Like that's going to be your masterpiece from beginning to end, except for lighting the fire. All four meats are all me 100%. So of oh. my ancillaries, that's where my girl Kita comes in and she helps me big time with all of that stuff. But when it comes to four meats, yeah, my husband lights the pit. Um, my husband and my father-in-law kind of watch it to make sure it's staying in the temp zone that I want. But everything else from trim to putting it on the grill to seasoning it, wrapping it, cutting it, glazing it, all of that is me. Um, so when you get your brisket, do you approve of what it looks like, like the piece of meat that you start with? So Do you, are, no, I'm talking like, are you looking at like, oh, this is a good piece of meat? Yeah, absolutely. So I use Snake River Farms, Wagyu Gold, and I bought um, three briskets uh, recently. And I don't get to pick them out of the store. It's all online ordering. I, you know, I don't have that luxury where I can go there and, and find it all. So I bought three and I reserved the best one for the Jack. And I knew like, so I just, I cooked one this past weekend. I think I got 11th in brisket in that one. Um, cooked one of the three a few weekends before that. And I think I got second. Um, but this one, I just knew that like, the fat, the uh, thickness of the flat was really nice and consistent and thick compared to the others kind of taper off a little bit. So I was like, this is the one I'm bringing to the Jack. And I knew that was going to be the case. Something I tried that I had never done before, but it worked is that I trimmed it all here at home in Vegas and then um, cryovacked it and froze it and brought it to the Jack frozen. Usually I trim it like on a Wednesday before a comp and then I cook it straight from the thoughts, you know, it's already been thawed and everything. And um, so this was different that I refroze it and then had to thaw it again and, and it did okay. <laughs> okay. So this is something I didn't know. You can touch the piece of meat you're competing with before the actual competition, before the actual fire starts. Yes, you can do any trimming that you want. You cannot do any seasoning, no brines, no injections, no rubs, but you can trim all of the meat beforehand. Huh, interesting. Yep. Can you and you put you can't do you can't do anything flavor-wise. No. Okay. So I got that. Okay. So now you get this frozen piece of meat. Does it thaw out on the drive? Um, we parked on Wednesday, so I took it out of the freezer on Wednesday so that it would just barely be like just still really cold. It's where okay. I wanted it. It's almost taking a risk. Like, yeah. <laughs> what if something goes wrong with your freezer? Like, is, is there, is there any concern? Do you have a backup piece in there that you, that you're ready to roll? Do you have a couple of them in there in case? Well, what, yeah. So, so I, I guess if the freezer goes down, they're all going down though. Yeah. Well, we have the Cambro, which is just like a cooler basically, which I had ice packs for. So we had that also I could buy ice if I needed to. We also had the RV in addition to my trailer, which has its own freezer and fridge. So yeah, we had, we definitely had a couple of, uh, couple of options just in case <laughs> okay so here we go thaws out you take it out and now the magic happens on where we're leading into this front row you're live streaming it you got 
all of us. I'm so like fired up to see you get get to walk up those stairs. Like this is cool, man. Barrelhead, um, all this. I, I just wish I could paint the picture. I can't. Like I can't verbally paint the picture of how cool this tent setting is. And the MC name, please, Ron. Yeah, uh, you forgot to. God, he's genius. God, he's he's great, dude. <laughs> he, he he kept coming to our table and tasting our food. Yeah. Our, our chip yeah. chip kept coming to our table and, and tasting our food. He'd walk over to this table, grab some, and um, so he has a pretty good job. But he does a great job at what he does. Um, so all dry rub. Yes, on my on my brisket. Yes, and let me backtrack from the award standpoint. So so as as Chad's talking about, like. Uh, ton of the volunteers are sitting up there, you know, some of the judges stay and they're sitting up there. Um, and then most of the teams are all the way in the back. Cause they like to make that walk. Like they like that to walk. make that, like, you know, they made it. And then, you know, they've have all these barrel heads up front. So I'm sitting there in the front row, got the call for, for uh, cocktail, which was awesome. But I knew right away that Kita, my girl Kita, she was getting the barrel head for that. Cause that was all her cocktail. So that was hers. And my goal, which I talked about on the first podcast was to get a call and to basically to get top 10 call, but top five would be like money. Cause that would be a barrel head. Well, we got the, the first place for that. She got the barrel head. So then they call chicken. And I was like, I felt my chicken was pretty good. Maybe, maybe, maybe no call. Then they call ribs. I knew I was going to get a call for ribs and then they call in pork. And it's, it's hard. Cause when you, you know, you just want to call. So you're like, okay, if I get 10th or 7th, 10th or 7th, okay, I know it's done. I got a call. That's great. But then as they get closer to the top, you're like, well, maybe I have a chance for top three. And then you start to doubt yourself, depending on your cook. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I got first in pork. So yeah, no call in pork. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is almost over. Like they've done every category. Brisket's all that's left. And I haven't got a call in the four meats. I really want to call in the four meats. And I wanted a barrel head. And so that's when, you know, uh, 10th, 9th, 8th, 7th, 6th. 5th through 1st, get barrel heads, correct? Correct. That's Let's correct. make sure the audience understands what a barrel head is. A barrel head is the top of a whiskey barrel that has the Jack Daniels logo engraved there. The wood in the sawmill is in Alabama, south and a little bit east of Lynchburg. And then you go west in Alabama through the city of Huntsville. And on the other side of Huntsville is the last American cooperage of any distillery. And it's the Brown Foreman Jack Daniels cooperage where you can walk in there and take a tour now that COVID's laid down, you can actually take a tour and watch a barrel be made from all of those staves and all of the pieces of wood that were transported from the sawmill over to the cooperage. And then that, that, the, the, the rings are put, the rungs are put on and it's toasted and flamed out. And then it gets put onto a pallet and then it gets loaded onto a truck. And then it makes that journey from Alabama up to Lynchburg, the bung holes put in it, you know, the bungs in there waiting to go. And then all of a sudden that's when the whiskey's poured into this barrel. That whiskey sits in that barrel for an average of four years, single barrels up to seven years. There's some 10-year available now. And that is where Jack Daniels gets its color. It amazes me that Jack Daniels whiskey is clear when it goes into that barrel. So I'm not telling Christy anything she doesn't know. I'm talking to the audience. I'm not even making eye contact with Christy right now. I know she knows this, okay? So when she says barrel head, they put that barrel head on there, put another rung, and they seal it down. Because it's got to be airproof. And before it leaves the cooperage, they run air through it and water testing to make sure there's no leakage in that barrel. Okay, because that's just a barrel that can't be used. Jack Daniels barrels are only used one time. And then they're sold for keepsakes. They're sold to other distillers. They're sold all around. They're sold to vineyards and wineries all over the world. One time it's used for Jack Daniels whiskey, whether it's old number seven, Gentleman Jack, 
whether it's bonded, triple match, whether it's single barrel, whatever it is, one time, which amazes me. And the other thing that amazes me is that every single drop in these barrels, which there's a lot of barrels in the, uh, on the distillery property, is made right there in Lynchburg, Tennessee. So when Christy Vanover is talking top five barrel head, I get giddy when I get my barrel head. I got one that was for sale in the county store in the square, and I'm giddy when I walk into my house because I got Tuffy Stone to sign it again. I need to get Christy to sign it when I see her. I didn't bring it to the awards presentation. So this barrel head is round, and it's decorated awesome with smoke in the hauler, 2022. Do you have it? Please tell me it's close by. Um, Can we see I it? Um, the, the championship one is not, but the one that says girls can grill on it. I have, hold on just a second. <laughs> Where is the championship one, Christy? You want me to go get it? How far away is it? Is it like next door? Or are you like, is it in a, is it's it in, in a bank house. vault? No, is it in, in a bank house. vault? <laughs> yes. I want to see it, please. Hold on. Give her a second. I want everybody to watch this on YouTube and I just, I'm going to get fired up and get some goosebumps when I see this, this girl deserved this so much. She just works so hard at her pitmaster skills and this brisket where we're going in with this barrel head now um <clears throat> it had all of us fired up and excited for christy you've heard her here on the podcast i've got to spend time with her in lynchburg before she lives in my home state of nevada down in las vegas and um little does she know she's going to be cooking for some events she can hear me now wow please look at this jack daniels 2022 world championship invitational barbecue lynchburg tennessee 33rd annual jack daniels world championship invitational barbecue and here's where we're going with this she's sitting in the front row live streaming it with her cameras and her tripods and to get this what she's holding up that's one of the most prettiest ones i've ever seen with that border you got a place in the top five there's 80 something teams she's been doing it four years and she gets fifth place in the jack which is as good as winning it. I don't care what you say. Maybe not as good as winning the grand championship, but the top five, I compare it to what I've done for a living in duck and goose calling. You get down to the top five, those judges' ears got to be keen. They're looking for any tiny little thing to set these top five cont contestants apart. And the way the judging happens with KCBS, it's down to a science. It's down to a minuscule fraction of a point. So they're barely separated is my point to be in the top five. Congratulations. How awesome. Thank you. It was like I said, I was, I was waiting. I was hoping that there was going to be a call. And then what was so cool is that when we were done, we were before awards, we were packing things up and some of the Jack family walked by, they were headed out, just kind of walking around. Um, Chris Fletcher was among them. Lexi and her husband were among them and they came over and I said, hey, do you guys want to try some brisket? I'll pull some out of the Cambro. And they were all eating it. They were all asking me notes and all this stuff. So they loved it, fortunately. But then when I got the call, like I just ran up and hugged Chris and Lexi, who are the ones passing out the awards, which most people don't, don't do that. But they had just tasted my brisket. And so I was just, I was celebrating with them, with my whole family. I honestly almost dropped the barrel head because right after that, I ran to my sister to give her the biggest hug ever because she and I, I saw been that. so much together. Um, so yeah, that was, that was an, just an incredible feeling. So yeah. And overall, I think I got 31st place. So super happy. Wow. With that on your very first Jack. Yes. Yes. That, that sounds like high, right? People are going through, ladies and gentlemen, this is 80 something teams of, you can't just walk in there and go, Hey, I'm here to compete. This is not that kind of, this is an invitational. The way that you get picked is by winning a regional or a state championship. 
I'm going to let you tell. I don't want to mess this up. You get a bong, right? Like, how do you get even into the jack? Sure. So you have to win a state championship and then there's multiple state championships. So California, for example, had 11 state championships. So only one of those 11 state championship winners had the opportunity to go. Um, I won one in California, but I didn't get the draw for California. Fortunately, I also won one for Nevada and I did get the draw there. So it's, you have to get the draw of all the people who won that state. Um, there's a few other different ways to get in and some other rules, but it's, it's extremely challenging. Like, um, Fergalicious, my buddy there, he's competed, I think seven or eight years and had chances to get in every year and never got the draw until this year. This was his first year getting a draw. So it's not just winning, but it's also a little bit of game of chance, game of luck of getting that draw. Um, you get, there is some luck in getting into it, but let me ask you this. You've judged it. Is every contestant in the Jack qualified to be, I mean, are they all badass pitmasters? Are they, are some of them just like they got lucky and they got in there, but you have to be a pretty good pitmaster to be in the Jack, right? You do. Cause not only do you have to win a state championship, but there's rules to how many people have to be at those state championship competitions. So if it was the first year competition, there has to be 15 teams at the comp. And then if it's a second year or more competition, there have to be 25 teams. So just because you got a grand championship to qualify you beat out legitimate 15 to 25 other teams. So it's not like you just showed up and three people were there and you got the chance. Like these are some legit teams. And I would say that the, the challenge is actually for the international teams because the way that they cook internationally is different. I just competed against a team from Mexico this past weekend and the way their flavor profiles are completely different than what's expected in the States. So it's more challenging, I think, for them to adapt to what our judges kind of expect in America um, but, but legit, like everybody, everybody that I know of who was there was no kidding. Really amazing. Really amazing. So ladies and gentlemen, fifth place brisket, <laughs> 31st overall. I'm not jealous. I'm happy for her, but I wish I could do it. Like, I don't even know if I have the confidence to take the first step. I do have the confidence to learn. That's what I'm pretty good at. Yeah. Like. I want to learn from you. I want to become better. I There's so many tricks to the trade. It's not just cut the fat cap off, cover it with dry rub, put it on your grill, your smoker, whatever you're doing. Let it sit. Wrap it at the end. Let it get to 202 degrees. Take it out. Let it cool down before you... There's all this content out there. Everybody's credible these days, right? There's so many people... This is how you do a brisket. Texas has their style and this barbecue in Carolina and Memphis and Kansas City and on down the road. They're all awesome. But I want to be consistently good. And you've proven that you are consistently a weapon in brisket. And now all of a sudden it's like, dang, top 20 in pork. That's going to be your next challenge. Like you can't just sit there in that chair, Miss Vanover and be like, ah, that's good. Like I know right now your head's like, all right, now my next goal is to, 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 to conquer to be in the top five in pork next year and then chicken because that was your worst. No ribs were your worst. So you got ribs and chicken. You got to conquer all these. Yeah. So it's that first step has got to be like, do I want to take the fun out of my backyard barbecuing where I'm doing it? You have a blast doing this. Do. You love it. You're giddy about it, huh? Yeah. Like I, I love it for you. I think it's the coolest thing. You've made it a, a revenue stream. You've made it a business girls at grill. You've qualified. You have credibility. You're, you're speaking with victories. Now you, somebody can't walk up to you and be like, 
uh, why are you cooking the brisket? And I'm gonna be like, I don't know, because she got fifth at the Jack, shut up, right? That's kind of gonna be my attitude. Like, it's crazy that you did this. Let me ask you this real quick. I don't know if I saw another woman walk up and get an award. Now there was women with their guys. I'm not saying that there's not women pit masters. I don't want to get flooded up of, that I'm sexist. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, are there? Are there, are there a bunch of Christy Vanovers out, out there in the jack that have the potential to walk up and get a fifth place brisket barrel I head? I don't think at the jack, to my knowledge, that there were any female head cooks. There's definitely couples like Darren and Sherry Worth and a ton of people who are cooking together. Fergalicious with his wife. Like people definitely cook with their spouses, but I don't know that there were, at least not this time, any head cooks that were just a solo female cooks, but they're out there. Um, 913 barbecue out in Kansas city. Um, obviously, you know, you've got the, like the Melissa Cookson's and Amy Mills and the barbecue hall of famers, Leanne Whippins who have, who have, you know, paved the way for so many of us. Um, but it's definitely few and far between. Okay. Ladies, here's, here's where we're at with this. You just heard that few and far between let's go girls. Like Shania said, I want some <laughs> barbecue. I want some female, I want female head cooks winning like this. This is bigger than it than it than it started out in the beginning of this podcast. This is awesome. You're the only female head cook in the 2022 Jack. You place in the top 31. You get fifth in brisket. Come on. Like that's just awesome. Well, this is I was told leading into it that no female head cook has ever won the world championship. So that's definitely my next goal. <laughs> Here we go. This is going to be a cool documentary for all you documentary filmmakers out there. You have somebody that's pretty that can mic up and talk on camera and absolutely blow your mind with her barbecue. Let's get the, the, I, we'd have to come up with like girls that grill. Yeah. That's a badass name. Um, let's figure out how to document the next three years of Christy Vanover on her journey of winning the world championship. This is going to be cool. I, I don't need any money. We're opening the doors right now for bidders and producers to come and give us their ideas on producing this documentary because one, it's fun Two, it's a lifestyle, but three, it is a unbelievable talent to have because I can speak from experience now because I am KCBS qualified. They don't all taste the same. A lot of the chicken looks the same, but it doesn't taste the same. That's why this judging so cool because you can actually taste the difference. And you know, as soon as you bite into it and you do what the judges tell you to do after you take your crackers and, 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 and the, and the water and, and clear your, your, clean your palate and do cleanse your palate and do all that. I could honestly taste the difference. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it either and say, well, I've never eaten barbecue. Like I've been around a lot of cool things with my association with the great Traeger grills and Chad Ward and Matt Pittman and, 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 and a lot of different people that can cook and can pit master. So I felt like going into that class, I had kind of the taste part down, but I like to learn about the skin and the bite of the chicken, the bite of the rib. You don't want your rib meat falling off the bone, not in competition, backyard grandpa, maybe dentures, take them out, just kind of nibble on it. I get it. But in competition, you want to see teeth marks. You want to see a bite with meat on both sides of your bite still on the bone. There's a lot that goes into it. So I'm just telling y'all, I could taste the difference. And so could the other judges. That's why they're there. So top five in brisket. And I'm going to end it by saying this about this brisket. It's not my favorite. I'm telling you right now, I could eat two bites of brisket at a barbecue and be good for, uh, for a year. I'm not being mean, Christy. Sure. I'm just telling you that it's rich. It's, it's uh, burnt ends. I love, I, I love burnt ends. I love a good rib. 
I love a good piece of chicken. Burn ends? Did you get any burn ends? On I got some and they weren't the best. I had, I, I've had better. Um, but I'm not a big fan of brisket. Okay. Is that sound? Is that ignorant? Are you a huge fan of eating brisket? It's my favorite. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm a beef eater. So, so I absolutely love it, but that's your favorite yes. piece of beef. Yes. Well, I mean, so, it's my favorite meat beef that's turned in like my favorite piece of beef is probably like a plate rib or something along those lines but not a ribeye or a rib cap rib cap yeah that's pretty oh good night it's the brisket if you follow the throat of the steer you have in that throat you have the thymus glands if you take those out you have what the basque people would call sweetbreads and they're an amazing table fare when done right sauteed green uh, onions green bell peppers amazing with olive oil they're so good and then below that you come down and the brisket sits right in there in that that belly part of the cow on that front part of the skeletal of a, of a steer that the brisket is up on that front end of a cow if you're picturing looking at a cow a lot of companies use that little table that you can follow and i advise if you're going to get into barbecue to become pretty proficient butcher and know your way around where each cut of meat comes from. It'll make you have even more pride in your own cooking when you can tell somebody, well, this is where the tenderloin comes from. And this is what this got da, 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 the filet mignon and all this. Um, but the brisket, I'm not, I, I wasn't like overly blown away my whole life by eating brisket. And when you get a good piece of brisket, you go that quick, you can say that's a, that, that was a good experience it didn't rub the top of my mouth and dry me out. It didn't stay on my, it didn't powder on me. It didn't dust on me. Like there's a, there's, there's a, the, a good piece of brisket out there. I, my point in saying all what I just said, Christy was I'm very critical of brisket. Sure. And I think a lot of people are because it's easy to mess it up. That's why it's so awesome that you got fifth place. Cause it's so easy to mess brisket up. It's brisket is either good or it's not. There's, exactly. There's not an in-between. <laughs> And more times than not in my life, I've had brisket that's, it's edible, but it's not like, wow, man, I'm blown away. Put that on the menu. Like, and I'm talking even at some really high end barbecue restaurants. I've had brisket, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm, I'm, I take it or leave it. But that day, man, I was blown with some of the bites I had. I was like, that's a good experience. Cause I'm very critical. So congratulations. Yeah. Work hard on this world championship. Maybe we'll document it. Maybe we could come up with a way to document the Christy Vanover story. Be kind of cool going through bar. Has there been a good documentary on barbecue championships? If there is, please say, uh, please tell, tell everybody. Cause I'd like to watch one. Yeah. I'm not sure. There's been been now Michael Simon starting to document just barbecue competitions in general, but from a championship standpoint, I can't think of one other than like Tuffy did a great, um, he worked with Jay from Meatstock and they did a great little roundup of, of the whole event and his time there. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with one. Uh, I don't know of one. It's gotta be one. There's gotta be one. Tuffy stone. You, this is, this is a cool lifestyle. And it's fun to learn like this. I, I love it. I mean, I, I remember the chef show with John Favreau. I think we touched on when they visited Austin's at Franklin Franklin's in Austin. And then they went back there on the chef show, the chef movie, they trained with him. And then I think they ate there in Texas, maybe, but on the chef show, they actually go there and do the brisket with, with him. Um, and he also provides a masterclass on brisket, which is now ending Franklin. In case you didn't know, that's now masterclass with Christy Vanover. Fifth place, 
at the 2022 Smoke in the Hollow Jack Daniels World Championship Invitational Barbecue. Congratulations, my friend. Thanks for being on. Thanks so much, Chad. I'm going to ask you a favor when we get offline. Nobody's going to know what that favor is, but if it does happen, you're going to see it on my social media. Chad Belding, Christy Vanover, congratulations again. And thank you to Jack Daniels for another awesome episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Enjoy Jack Daniels responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. The culture of Jack Daniels means everything to me. Thank you for supporting our brands here, Jack Daniels. You guys go support Jack Daniels. And if you choose to have one this weekend, remember, do it in moderation. Always be responsible and always make sure, like I just said, please don't allow underage drinking with Jack Daniels or any other spirits. This song, oh, what are we going to go out with today? Let me think of a good Tennessee song. You got a good barbecue song? I love barbecue, ZZ Top. Is that, is that ZZ Top, I love barbecue? I don't know. <laughs> I should know. <laughs> oh, man. I usually got music on my mind talking about eating. I guess I can just pick one of the artists that I've enjoyed barbecue with. This song right here is our theme song. No, we're going to go with this song right here. This is called Whiskey Business because of Jack Daniels, my good friend, Leith Lofton. We're going out with his song, Whiskey Business. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Jack Daniels. Talk to y'all soon. Well, you probably think that I'm up to no good Dragging your ass way back up in these woods I'll pull the blindfold off of your eyes When I get close enough to see the fire Can't have you talking, can't afford a witness When you're up in these hills, it's whiskey business Probably gonna meet the whole Daniels family Too soon for you and way too soon for me But there's a reason why we're moving this fast They just finished up a brand new batch We gotta get there and move it with the quickness That's the way it is when you're in a whiskey business Don't ask no questions when I hand you a shotgun Getting caught by the law, man, ain't no fun on your toes, always be ready. Got to stay one step ahead of a baby. No second chances.